Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. Okay, welcome to Second Half Now. This is part two of the show that we're titling God's Gift of Fathers. We have been talking on part one of our show with Don and Steve Richardson, and their amazing and inspiring story is told in the popular book, Peace Child. Don and his wife, Carol, and their baby, Stephen, went on a mission uh, uh, calling to the Sawi tribe in Papua, uh, Indonesia, uh, a tribe of cannibal headhunters, and uh, taking the gospel there and under- trying to reach those people with God's love and truth, an amazing story. Don and Steve are sharing some insights on the family, again, with this title, God's Gift of Fathers. If you didn't catch part one on the radio or on our website, don't miss it. That sets the stage for everything else we're talking about. And I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with co-host Dr. Denise Hogan. And uh, Denise, we're back again. We're going to continue on part two and finish up this fabulous conversation we're having with these gentlemen. And I'm so excited to get started with with that again, I'm looking at um, Psalm 119.105, which is one of my favorites. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And uh, Dawn, as I've been listening to you today, that is so much of what, um, that's why that scripture came to mind, is it seems like you have just lived by that principle, even though your own father wasn't a believer I just hear in your voice and and uh, hear in the story just such great fortitude with which you went out according to that lamp and that light that God provided. But can you tell us a little bit about that? What was that like? You're coming around a bend with your wife and your your firstborn child in a canoe, and you are being met by what looks like tribal troops all decked out in war gear. So how did how did you as a father and as a husband keep on taking that next step forward which you believed was what God wanted you to do? But how did you do it? Well, Denise, when I made the first contact with the Sawi, just myself going in to build a house prepared later to bring my family. People were so friendly. And I found out that they'd heard nothing but positive reports about pale-skinned European-type people. And they knew that wherever we Europeans go, we tend to bring medicine to heal the sick. And people could work for us, and we'd pay them with steel tools. For a Stone Age people, steel is a remarkable commodity. For a man born in the Stone Age who grows up using nothing but a stone axe, to get his first steel axe is like you and me 
transitioning from using a bicycle to owning our own automobile. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Sawi that helped me build a house were very friendly, and that encouraged me to bring my wife and baby son without any fear to live among them in the house they'd helped me build. But lo and behold, as we came around the last bend of the river in that dugout canoe, we looked up and saw not just a few dozen men that had helped me build that little thatch box of a house, but 400 people massed on the riverbank holding weapons, and the men had war paint on. How frightening. I thought, what's the meaning of the weapons on the war paint? Are these the same friendly men who helped me build my house? Or are these hostiles who've driven them away and are awaiting us with different plans? I didn't say anything to Carol. I just let her think they always looked that way. Because if the end was near, the best we could hope for would be that it would be over as quickly and painlessly as possible. Wow. wow. So the canoe slid up on the mud at their feet. The three paddlers in the front of the canoe stepped off onto the shore. There was nothing to do except lift little Stephen up, balance him up on my arm, steady my wife Carol as she got to her feet. We walked up out of that canoe onto the shore into the midst of those armed men. Well, they were looking at us with eyes gleaming with, with excitement, but they were still silent as if waiting for a signal. Well, someone did shout a signal, Asa! And at that signal, they all began leaping in the air, brandishing their weapons and shouting at the top of their lungs and pounding on drums. With the thunder of the drums, they began dancing around us, edging us further and further away from the river in the direction of a little house about 90 yards back from the shore. I thought it's as if we're standing at the eye of a hurricane Mm -hmm. of humanity. Wow. And I thought my wife, Carol, is a pastor's daughter from Cincinnati, Ohio. She's been on a camping trip or two. How is she taking this? And I looked at Carol. She was smiling at the people. She obviously thought, this is how they welcome you. You've got to expect it's going to be different. But Stephen, like most babies, would often cry if the wind caused a door to slam anywhere nearby. I thought... My poor little baby son, he'll be jumping out of his skin in fright at the thunder of the drums, the leaping and shouting of all these men. But to my amazement, he was looking excitedly at the people, reaching out from my arms, trying to grab white cockatoo feathers, golden bird of paradise, and other ornaments that the dancers were wearing. He was not afraid, and I sensed the peace of God there. It was, he was present with us. Carol told me later, I knew God was with us in the midst of all those people, mm-hmm. reassuring us. I thought of the scripture that says, the peace of God will strengthen your hearts and minds. The Greek word actually can mean garrison your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we knew we were where God wanted us to be. And I had to get to work learning the language I built a, a clinic for my wife. She was trained as a registered nurse. And once the word spread that she had medicine to heal people from malaria and from pneumonia and other tropical diseases, soon flotillas of canoes began to come up from down the river and down from the upriver, bringing patients to be treated in her clinic. 
and she was soon saving probably an, an average of a life a day and healing others of less deadly diseases. They called her the woman who makes all her villages well. Uh, wow. And as <laughs> a linguist, I had 12 weeks of training in linguistics at a course called the Summer Institute of Linguistics. So to begin learning Sawi, since I had no grammar or dictionary published by an earlier researcher, I was learning a language that had never had an alphabet invented to suit its sound. So I had to begin by simply pointing at objects, hoping that people would give me a, a noun in the Sawi language for which everything I pointed at. Well, I pointed at a man, they said, Didi. I pointed at a woman, they said the same word, Didi. Pointed at a dog, a fish, a pig. No matter what I pointed at, they kept saying, Didi, Didi, Didi. But then I was saying, Lord, have you led us halfway around the world to learn a language that has only one word? Then I realized, Didi in Sawi means finger. Uh. They don't point to the finger. They thought I was asking over and over again for the word for finger. That's great. I had to learn to point with my lips. <laughs> I felt like a linguistic Columbus sailing an uncharted linguistic sea, making new discoveries day after day and pressing ever closer to the threshold of uh, uh, knowledge of the Sawi language such that I could fluently explain the gospel to them. Well, it took time, but eventually I did cross that threshold, and I began asking the Sawi elders in village after village, please tell me, who according to your traditions created everything, the sun, the moon, the stars, the world, and all the people and animals in it? And in every village I got essentially the same answer, we don't know, we forgot his name. Hmm. That, of course, enabled me to say, guess why my wife and I and our family have come to live among you. They said, is it because you actually know the name of the creator of everything? I said, yes, and more than just his name. He has entrusted a message to us to share with you, and that is going to be the biggest blessing we will bring to you. Yes, you can work for us. We pay you with steel tools when you're sick. My wife heals you with medicine, but the message from the Creator, that is our main gift to you. And so we were setting the stage for a response to the gospel of Jesus Christ to come soon after. And what a fruitful field that turned out to be. I, I wonder, Don, if you could bring us to, you know, we have our own, shall we say, jungles in our life and in our world today. And there's so many challenges and distractions, and maybe we can get Steve involved here also, in our culture, uh, it is difficult to raise a family. It's a difficult to be a God-fearing father in our culture. And uh, my question to both of you is, how can a man remain true to his God, his family, and his God-given purpose in our virtual or metaphorical uh, jungles that, that we live here, here in America? Well, I would love to hear Steve answer to that, but let me give a brief answer. King David said in the Psalms, your word, Lord, have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin mm, against right. you. And I've found from the earliest days, and weeks, and months, and years of my Christian life, memorizing scripture would give me an anchor. Yeah. And in times of temptation, in times of confusion, 
a word, a verse from God's word that I had memorized, hidden in my heart, would come back to me and give me guidance. And so I urge Christian parents, memorize scripture yourself and teach your children right. to memorize the word of God. I think we tend to just assume that listening to a verse of scripture taught in a Sunday school class or preached in a sermon is enough. Well, that is essential. But beyond that, we should be memorizing scripture. My wife, Carol, especially, was such a good memorizer. She probably had a thousand verses committed to memory because she'd been engaged in, in Bible memory since her childhood. <laughs> Steve, what can you add to that? You know, that's amazing you said that, Dad, because that's almost precisely what I was going to say. I think the two main influences in my life, besides the Lord himself, have been my father and my father-in-law. And both of these men uh, just made the Word of God central to their lives and integrated into their lives. It wasn't compartmentalized, like, you know, spirituality was confined to Sundays or something like that. And uh, whether it was out there in the jungle or after we moved back uh, to California, uh, we would have our family times where we just talked in a very natural way about the scriptures. What do these passages mean? How do they apply to our lives? And uh, I remember when we were younger, with our family times in the Word in the evenings, we would read a passage, or Dad or Mom would read a passage, and then each one of us kids would need to um, would be called on to quote as much of what we just heard as we could. Mm. And the whole point was um, remembering and instilling the truth into our lives. My father-in-law was the same way. I've known very few people who could quote scripture like he could. And sometimes if you got up early in the morning, even three or four o'clock, there he would he would be just uh, soaking in God's word. And you looked at any one of his multiple Bibles and the all kinds of notes and underlining. So I think as a father, um, just setting that example and living a, a real faith um, before your kids is absolutely crucial. I'd like to add one more thing, and that is that allowing, uh, uh, freeing your kids up to to, f to pursue their unique calling and their unique gifting. Because mm -hmm. I think some parents try to live their lives vicariously through their kids and make their kids what they had hoped they would become. But each child, each person is wired uniquely with special talents and gifts and personality. And I think helping each child to discover who they are, not only who they were made to be, but where that fits within God's bigger plan was is, is really, really strategic. Thank you for sharing that. And it is the wise father, wouldn't you say, that can be aware of that, be sensitive to that, even looking for <coughs> excuse me, for indicators, uh, for personality kinds of things, for uh, strengths and giftings and uh, uh, passions for uh, service or for ministry or for involvement in things that it can't. Would you, would you uh, affirm those things as well? Yeah, as Steve was mentioning about our times sitting around, and this would not be under an electric light, but out of the jungle we had a kerosene pressure lamp. Wow. 
And under the light of that lamp, Carol would read a story to the children. One evening, she read the story of the prodigal son, and then she paused to ask a question. And the question was, uh, why did the prodigal son lift up his voice and weep? And Shannon, my second son, said, because he fell on his neck. <laughs> because the King James Bible, which we were reading from, said, and the father fell on his neck and kissed him, and uh. lifted up his voice and wept. <laughs> Sounds like that would hurt, right? That's great. All right, we have a couple more questions to ask, and we're going to get right to those right after our break, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland-Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503 503- today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. We want to give a big thank you to our sponsors. Uh, You heard the spots for Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services. We love these people and highly recommend them. We also have as sponsors 24-7 Properties, Dan the Mortgage Man, First Priority Financial, Dream Trips, 180 Cashflow Strategies, and Northwest Web Creation Company. And we're so thankful also for our wonderful partners, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ Radio, the one that uh, we broadcast on, and also Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest and Serving Our Neighbors. And uh, together as a team, we are uh, seeking to reach out and to call people to the mission and the calling in this second half of life 
to step up and step out and to become what God has created you for in this age and stage of life. And that's one of the reasons that we are right here talking on by phone uh, with Don and Steve Richardson. We're so happy to have them uh, with us. So uh, welcome back, guys, and uh, thank you very much for carving out time to be with us today. It has been a real privilege. And I know both of you, uh, Steve and Don, travel a lot, and uh, your family has uh, gone to all the corners of the world and continue to do so. And I wonder if there are certain traditions or practices that have helped you to stay close as a family over the years. Is that something that you could speak to for our dads who are uh, wanting to make sure that their kids and their families uh, stay close? One thing that I've done with uh, with my four uh, children, with our four children, is when I have opportunity to bring them along individually on a trip with me and just have that shared experience. And I found that that has really helped. Because sometimes, you know, the kids live in one world and the father or the parents live in a somewhat different world and rarely do the two connect. Right. Um, the other thing I do is take my daughters, we have four daughters, on dates individually, talk a lot, and try to get into their world, obviously, as well. But um, we just feel like we're on a journey together as a family and that uh, we share in both the cost of of obeying the Lord as well as the the rewards of being involved. Uh, We're we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. Yes, and Steve mentioned earlier he has two younger brothers and a younger sister, and they too are living for the Lord. One of them is, well, both of them are serving the Lord in a nation of Asia, far away from us here, and are having victories, being their influence, the influence of their families, spreading around the people into the communities around them. One of my sons has established a network of private Christian schools in that nation with the blessing of the Department of Education in that non-Christian nation. And people of another religion are even bringing their children to his school saying, please, I want my children to benefit from the blessings of your special Christian education. And so without having to be a pastor or evangelist, Stephen's younger brother, Paul, is influencing ever so many families through the children those families bring to the school. Most of the children in the school are Christian children, but they're intermingled with unbelievers from the majority people. So that's another ministry, another byproduct of our family growing up in in that part of the world, is that that all three sons have impacted that part of the world to an amazing degree. And this really is the story of your family, uh, both you and uh, Don and Steve and your children and the worldwide influence and impact that you have had. And I wonder if you could uh, speak briefly to the dads that are listening and and, um, say something about how they can encourage their own kids to, to seek to make a difference beyond maybe just their family or their church or their community. It's probably not for everyone, but uh, it's interesting how God uh, multiplies by ripple effect 
you know, when we uh, when we do follow his calling and when we lead uh, our own families and so forth, there is a, sometimes a vision for something beyond just uh, just our own family or church or community. Can is there something or a way that a father can uh, speak to his family, to his kids about that kind of a challenge? Yeah, I've got a couple of quick thoughts. One is uh, it's just a simple prayer that I believe is one of the most powerful prayers that a person can pray. And if a father can teach this to his children and model it, uh, it's really, really impactful. And that is essentially the prayer of Psalm 67, which is, Lord, bless the nations through me. Mm, right. And if, if that's a prayer that's prayed regularly in the family, beginning with your neighborhood and then to the ends of the earth, uh, it has a powerful long-term effect as time goes by. Secondly, I would say, consider as a father uh, arranging and funding, you know, a, a, a summer mission trip or an exposure trip uh, particularly to an area of the world where people have not heard the good news of salvation in Christ before. So that uh, your son or your daughter can, from an early age, really understand the impact and importance of the gospel and then uh, set a trajectory in their own life to be part of fulfilling the Great Commission as they get older and as they, uh, and, you know, it can impact their education and everything else. So I think those two things will be very, very helpful. Wow, great words. And Thank Dan, you. Dan and Denise, yes. I would like to add something to that. If we as parents just leave our children to set their own schedules, they may just watch television or play video games. But if as parents we have reading time, for example, if parents would get a copy of Jeanette Chapey's book, Extravagant Races, there you and go. read it one chapter per evening, for several evenings, that could have a real impact. Many families have read my book, Peace Child, Lords of the Earth, Eternity in Their Hearts, and it helps them to understand how God is at work in human lives and to feel a sense of the awe of salvation, how wonderful it is. So to encourage reading. There are lots of really good quality Christian books, which many Christian families do not exploit. As, and there's even a book called I Heard Good News Today, with dozens of true stories of breakthroughs of the gospel around the world. People can go online, Don Richardson book sales. I have books that I recommend there, not just my own, but... Oh, good. Thank you for mentioning well. that. That's a, that's a strong recommendation that I give. Times of reading quality books sure. with children. Let's say that again. Don Richardson Book Sales. Is that a Google phrase or is that a dot .com? That's a dot .com. Great. Thank you very much. You know, as you're speaking about the importance of reading time with your family, Don, it's making me think that that would also be a very good way to be interacting around themes that would help with what you were talking about earlier, and that is helping our kids figure out what their calling in life is, or at least what their next steps are. Just as you went to, uh, heard someone speaking out about the mission field that caught hold of you and resonated with something inside of you, and if we're bringing those kinds of experiences through books to our, our children and young people around us, we can help them 
feel that spark that you felt, and that is how we begin to know how God is speaking to us and what plans he has for us. Yes, indeed. I just heard from one of your sons and his family. They're reading Shadow of the Almighty together. <laughs> yes. I remember, Don, one time I, I asked you, well, most of us are like ordinary Christians, we don't go to live with cannibal headhunters. I mean, you've had a really exotic life, but it's not the way most of us live. And you said, I'll never forget, you said, it's not our gifts and our courage that kept us in cannibal territory in Irian Jaya with an eight-month-old baby son. It was the peace of God that sustained our hearts and minds. Yes. Never forgotten it. And that's the peace that, to me, it seems that that is so in integrally connected to your belief that you were doing exactly what God wanted you to do at that moment, regardless of whether or not there was war paint on the faces of those cannibals. You could have peace. Did you feel peace? I mean, it sounded like there's lots of stuff raging in there. There was peace. It was, you know, I just had to Look at the, once I saw the people dancing around us and they were leading us toward our house, I was pretty sure this was a welcoming party. Mm-hmm. And that's what it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. And of course, warfare broke out later because even though they were all welcoming us, they weren't all friends with each other. Yeah. Right. And that was a problem that had to be resolved subsequently. As I described in the book Peace Child, there were tumultuous days those first six months and then after the giving of the peace child everything changed so amazingly wow don and steve richardson you've been very generous with your time and i really appreciate that i have a couple of things i'd like to wrap up with because we are about out of time number one is uh, maybe this question goes to don um we don't want to overlook the role of a grandfather uh, to be able to speak into the lives of his grandchildren and I know, Steve, you have welcomed that for your dad to speak into the lives of your uh, children. And now you're a grandpa, too. So uh, maybe both of you could talk a little bit about that, the, the important role of grandfathers. Well, uh, children expect their granddads to be storytellers. And that's something <laughs> I love to do. Right. So I've got stories that I've told to my grandchildren. And I, what do you think, Steve? They, they remember some of them? <laughs> Yes, very much. And and you help stretch their minds every time we're together. Um, and I, I think not only telling a story, but living in life, living life in such a way that you have a story to tell. Mm. Yeah, good point. And our grandkids are picking up on that big time. Yeah, Steve is a good storyteller too. He <laughs> didn't joke. I got it honestly. Yeah, because the the age range that typically listens to this show, second half now, are those men who are in the second half, so they're 50 plus. And uh, so I want to make sure that we're talking to the grandfathers because the opportunity has not passed them by. Whatever influence they might have had or not had with their own children, it is now time to uh, look at what you can do in the lives of your own grandchildren or for some, maybe great-grandchildren. But uh, there's a generational uh, connection there when you skip a generation between the grandparents and the grandkids. And I want to make sure that we are seizing those opportunities and realizing that we still can make a significant significant difference for what God is doing. And he can do those things through our grandchildren.
So thank you very much for sharing that. I want to close with this last question. If you have a suggestion or two about how the church, the local family of faith, the local Christian church can support the role of fathers and grandfathers, helping them to be God's men in our challenging culture today, what can the church do? One way I have helped many churches over the years since we came back from far away Papua, Indonesia, is to speak in churches, especially in weekend missions conferences. And that same website that I mentioned earlier, donrichardsonbooksales.com, is operated by my daughter, Valerie, whom we haven't said much about, but she loves the Lord, and she's managing my website and arranging my speaking schedule. So any listeners who would like me to come and divulge more of the things we've talked about in this radio program could invite me to that website. Just click on uh, an email address in it that they can contact us to. Then I might be able to come. You could also invite Steve to that um, website. Excellent. Because if you invite me, Valerie will let me know. If wow. you invite Steve, Valerie will forward that invitation to him. So we could be available to speak more about father-son parental responsibility, the joys of serving the Lord in conferences, in church services. Let us know through that website, and perhaps we can come and inspire people in your church wonderful thank you for that and you know i want to say i think it's it's it has to be a very effective way to spread the word um i was bragging with my buddy rod today about who i got to talk to today and and come to find out he'd already met you he'd been to one of your conferences and has your book he it's signed copy that it's one of his prizes you know, so I think that's one of the important things for um, people in your position to understand. You probably do. But yeah, having an opportunity to talk with you is like a prized possession because of the rich experience that you've had in life. The, f- the obedience that you have demonstrated has been so richly rewarded. And it creates a situation here where just being um, able to hear some of those stories is just, it's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, and it really is having an impact on the people that go to your conferences. So thank you for the effort that you continue to put into spreading the word. My wife, Carol, who served with me for those 15 years and many years afterwards, went to be with the Lord a little more than 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. But a year and a half after she graduated into God's presence in heaven, God led me to another woman named Carol, and she is my second wife and partner in ministry. So if you're interested, you could invite both of us to come to a church. And Carol speaks to groups of women, both women engrossed as she teaches in women's retreats or women's Bible studies on a Saturday conference. So that would be another way we could serve you together. This has been such a rich time. I could listen to you guys for hours. Unfortunately, our time is up, and I will make a point of looking at your schedule and see if I can get to a conference, or maybe if you come anywhere near the Portland area, I'll uh, come and introduce myself. 
and uh, maybe bring Denise and Jeanette uh, as well. We can uh, have a rendezvous. That would be such a delight. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. You've been a real blessing to our fathers. Now, our, this show is posted online, so it can be heard 24-7. Anybody can dial it up and listen to it uh, around the world at any time, 24-7. So appreciate that. I want to uh, give thanks again to Jeanette Chafee for helping make this conversation possible. And uh, with her book, Extravagant Graces, 23 Inspiring Stories of Facing Impossible Odds, available everywhere. And uh, Don referred to the book, too, maybe reading to the kids or the grandkids those uh, great stories. There you go. And then to contact Jeanette or to learn more about her book, uh, her website is JeanetteChafee.com, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. C-H-A-F-F-E-E. That's um, difficult to get all those uh, all those vowels in there. JeanetteChafee.com. Don, I know you know because I've told you many times you always make me cry because you're the best storyteller on the planet. Well, I've got to be good to keep pace with you. And <laughs> That's <story>. right. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much, Don and Steve Richardson, for being with us today. This is uh, second half now. You can go to our website and not only hear these shows, but all the other ones. A lot of resources and tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. So that's the program for today. We want to invite you to tune in every Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. for the on-air portion. And then, of course, you go to the website to hear part two, which is available around the clock 24-7. And the new website is up and running and uh, bugs are getting worked out and it's looking pretty good. So thank you, folks, for listening today. Together, we are building a valuable resource for all of us. Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with co-host Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. Let's meet again next Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. on the radio, KKPZ 1330. The truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.